Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And what a change. Has it ever been delightful here? Uh, to all my Alaskan friends, which I know there are many, they've all been into the garden center this week, it seems like. Uh, they've been, they're, they're home for their winter home, at least. They spend summers up in Alaska and and winters down here. It's, it's surprising. Lots of Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois. It seems like there's a lot of that real cold country. They come down here and this is where they winter. Uh, they really wanted to focus on their evergreen landscapes. They're, they're, they want it to look great while they're here at their home. During the summer, yeah, they don't care so much. They're in Alaska, where some of the best gardening in the on the planet is. Uh, here, we have actually had beautiful weather. I mean, just stunning. It doesn't even feel like the holidays. I mean, this snow's melted off, and, and it's like short-sleeve weather all of a sudden. Uh, it's why we live here in the mountains of Arizona. It's just gorgeous. So a week, 10 days ago, it was <laughs> blizzard conditions, lots of snow, a wet, heavy, crazy snow. And that has melted off. After we thawed, we found out that uh, a lot of damage was done. Not just leaky roofs, but I'm talking about out in the landscape. A lot of evergreens from the Ponderosa Pines to Chitalpas to uh, Austrian Pines, Scotch, uh, a lot of the junipers, Arbovita, they were just separated, broken branches. It's just it's kind of disheartening a little bit, but this was super unusual to have this wet a snow this early. So the sap was still flowing. Uh, the, the plants hadn't truly locked in their sap, and so they just had these flexible branches. Many of them had still had foliage on them. So the Bradford pears still had foliage. Now the ornamental pears, some of your apples, they still had foliage and they had this wet snow that gathered up more of this weight than usual. Then the branches were more flexible. So they just, they laid right down to the ground. Well, this has caused some of the major branches to separate, to crack, to split. Uh, What to do if that happened in your yard? It, I can tell you right off the bat, if you if it's a big project, you just don't know where it's going. I mean, we're talking branches landing on, I mean, we've had cars, rooftops. I mean, some of the, this can be dangerous sometimes if the branch, if it's not cleaned up well enough, these big trees. And so if you just don't know where to begin, one advice I can give you is if you need an arborist that's just beyond you and you don't climb ladders anymore, Johnny's Tree and Landscape Service. They are the pros. They've been in this week with clients, looking at things, so they really know. But but if you can get to it yourself, it's pretty easy how to clean up. Really, if it's broken, there's no way to repair that. A broken branch, it's, just clean it up. Take a chainsaw or, or, a, or a saw or some way to prune that edge, and you want a nice, smooth, clean tear. Where it tore, you want that to be smooth and clean. A... a 
smooth, a, a nice cut is going to heal over faster than something that is torn and gnarly and just sit there broken. Also, if you have more nooks and crannies, a broken branch, stems coming out, the wood's just exposed, uh, some of these insects can, can hibernate inside that cavity. It, it actually causes a cavity if left unchecked. Uh, bacterias can get into that cut. So a nice smooth cut has far less surface for disease and insects to gather into. And so smooth, you want a nice clean cut. That's what you want. Uh, if you need to, if it's really just the, the bark is torn, that branch just separated off, fell down, and then pulled away some of that bark, you can use tree paint or, or pruning paint. It's this black tarry material. You seal that up. Again, we're trying to keep the insects and disease out of the exposed wood area. To have just a nice pruning cut is okay. Don't think you need to have pruning paint. But if it's if the bark is, is, is lifted away and it's just more than normal is exposed, this is important. You really want to bandage that thing up so it's not, not as exposed to the elements not so much the elements, to the insects and to the disease. So that's when, this is when you get bark beetle coming in. This is when you get aphids will hibernate down inside those cuts. Uh, just it, It's important. You don't want to just leave it, leave it actually exposed and torn like that. So you've got some time. It doesn't have to be immediately, but you should have some urgency. Maybe by the end of the year, just after the new year, I mean, lots of Christmas parties going on this week. I mean, enjoy the holidays. But look after and have a plan for how to repair, to mend that landscape, those branches. If it's an arborvitae that laid it laid apart, a juniper that just separated, you know, bring it back together. I mean, it didn't break any branches. That snow just was so heavy, it separated these things down and they laid on the ground. Well, what you can do is you can bring that thing back up and just take simple tie tape, uh, that green uh, one-inch banded tape, and just... Put a few laps around. Just bring the branches together. And the next snow, we're not done with snow. There's more weather to come. Uh, the next system that comes won't be able to separate those branches. A very simple, very inexpensive way to keep those branches, keep that big, thick evergreen from, from separating with the next snowstorm. And it's just take a couple bands, about head, chest high, maybe head high up, maybe a couple bands, don't mummify it, then bring all those branches that make up that evergreen together, and now it's using itself to strengthen itself. It's much like that biblical verse in Ecclesiastes, if I can remember that. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I mean, that also applies out in the landscape. And these are talking about you know, followers, or might have been soldiers, I can't quite remember, but, uh, or all of the above. It also, it just, it just pertains to life. Uh, if you tie them together, they won't fall apart. They won't separate and then lay down the ground very easily. So I've done that with our uh, evergreen ewes. So we've got evergreen ewes, Hicks ewes specifically, uh, out in the, the north side of a, a large two-story stucco wall it's, it's horrible ugly looking not one window nothing two stories uh now they're up 15 feet tall so they're not quite to the eaves but they look really stunning with a piece of art in between them well that wet snow had 
gotten on a couple of branches and it just laid right on the ground. I'm going, oh no, I spent like 10 years growing this you. I don't want it to break. And so I've just tied them together. So now let it snow again. I don't care. That's the first time that's happened to those ewes. They've been in there 10 years and they've never laid over in a snowstorm. But this last one, they did. And then it just, it's beautiful now. Just beautiful. I did notice that uh, if you've got some evergreens that uh, are looking a little yellow, they look a little pale after that storm that you could see the red tip photinia. They, have, they aren't green. They're kind of this muted yellow. Uh, they're, they're, some of the, the arborvitas are, are pale yellow, not green, rich green. The, the uh, pine trees are not this beautiful lush green. They're more like a Kelly or, or yellow green. That's an indication that they are, they're starving. Basically, they're starving to death. But really, a lack of iron and just nutrition in the soil. And so that's called winter chlorosis or winter, uh, winter yellowing. And so if you've got some plants in your landscape that are like that, you should feed them. I can't emphasize this enough. Get some plant food and not just any plant food. You need a an organic plant food, especially with winter feeding. So we recommend fertilizing all of your evergreens at the new year. But if your plants are are yellow right now, your Deodor cedars just have this yellow hue instead of this blue-green that's an indication they're they're saying, please feed me. I'm just I'm not happy. And it'll get worse and worse as we head through winter. It'll get more and more yellow, more winter chlorosis will set in. So it was pronounced after this last storm, though. But now if you know what to look for, it's so easy going, yep, fertilize that one. Yep, that one needs it. Yep, we'll do that one too. Just give them some all-purpose plant food. A 744. All-purpose food, it's got cottonseed meal, some, some sulfur to make it more acidic, and it will keep it from yellowing anymore. It'll help set the stage for better uh, spring growth come March or April, whenever spring hits here. So that's it for here. We've got a lot in store. The show will be right back with more on The Mountain Gardener. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. (laughs) Did you know that plants can help you sleep better naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Prescott Alberta Spruce. This perfectly shaped tree displays dense green needles which are as soft as a teddy bear. The perfect front yard Christmas tree for holiday lighting and oh, so beautiful when matched in pairs at the front door. Hand-grown, these are perfectly shaped and sized for home accents and just $69. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love twinkly little Christmas trees, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. Welcome back to the Mountain Gardener, my host... 
our hostess with the mostess, Lisa Waters Lane, comes in the studio for this segment to answer your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What are other gardeners asking? There's something to be learned with that. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. So this has been the the yeah. week of Christmas parties for us. <laughs> many, many, many of them. Like every yeah. night there's something going on. And uh-huh. my favorite so far, I think, I don't know, the most relaxing for me. Because yeah. I've got to MC a couple of them, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. Charlotte Hall. You serve yes. on the Charlotte Hall. Board um, of Trustees. Board of Trustees. And, mm-hmm. and you, they just got together and they... They recognize the staff. Mm-hmm. That was a classy, classy move. So the staff and volunteers. Of staff which and volunteers. There, are there many. we go. Yeah, yeah which are many. So maybe 50, 60 people there. I don't know. Something like that. And uh-huh. uh, just the trustees were there and the volunteers and the staff. And uh, they. what's classy is the trustees potlucked for the whole staff. <laughs> they brought their favorite meal. So uh-huh. Ben Andre brought uh, his famous ribs. His ribs. We just some people brought salads, mm-hmm. desserts. Um, I was just enjoying the whole thing. A lot of good food, definitely. Yeah. It was fun. Like, it was very relaxing. But yeah, the other one we went to was the Rotary, which you're very involved in Rotary, and yep. you had to MC that one. Yeah, that's that's a whole other. That was a huge party. That's <laughs> like a hundred people, and it's uh, it a whole other scale at Hacienda. So, but Rotarian, yeah. strong Rotarian. Yeah, so business leaders, community leaders, getting together to make our world mm-hmm. our state our city a better place and so we get together raise money and try to give back so right. uh and then we like to have fun that's true so it was i a- was impressed how many new members you guys have and um they're getting younger they are no <laughs> or you're getting older so, I'm not sure. but, hey or both <laughs> or both yeah. prescott frontier rotary which is the rotary group that meets tuesday at for lunch mm-hmm. we meet for an hour we have a guest speaker, so it could be the sheriff, the mayor, could be a, a nonprofit, could be any. We, we share what we're doing, what's going on in our own businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we seeing? What, what's our forecast? So very interesting uh, speakers. And then we try to gather up money and go for causes. So mm-hmm. children are a big thing. So this this Prescott Frontier Rotary, there's five, four Rotarian clubs in the Tri-Cities, Quad mm-hmm. Cities area. Uh, Front Prescott Frontier Rotary is the largest club now, so it's on this growth spike cycle. Ooh. So yeah, I think partly because younger folks, so, some groups are just stodgy. Yeah. So at the Rotary Club, we, we had <laughs> ugly sweaters, we had great hats that just dance around your head. It's just it's just a fun thing, mm-hmm. and then you're doing great stuff with. With your friends. Right. It's just a great way to go. Right. So anyway, this Christmas parties. What about garden questions? What's going on sure, there? Sure, you bet. Well, we have a question from Anne. Her pampas grass took a big beating with the snow yeah. that we had. She wants to know, can she cut the whole thing back now? Or should she wait and just cut the plumes back now? Well, you can do the whole thing. So, so pampas grass. This is this great big large grass. The largest of all the grasses. It stands at least head high to sometimes twice that. It can go up 10, 12 feet tall, depending on the model, which, which version. It has these great big plumes that have been magnificent. Normally, those will stay on for several snowstorms. Just this last snowstorm was so heavy that all those plumes just laid right over. And so now the, it just looks like it's a convoluted, tumbled, 
mass of, of the foliage looks okay, but the, the plumes just bring it down. At the very least, you can, cl- you can clean the, the, the plumes up. That's super easy. A pruner, you know, 10 minutes, you got it all cleaned up. But you should prune the entire thing back by, you know, usually I say after the new year, but you're close enough. You know, just go for it. If you're ready, you're go- you've got the gumption to go out there and just whack this thing back. Cut the entire thing back. All pampas grass, the plumes and the foliage should be cut back to about knee high or so. You'll see some curly cues, the undergrowth. You'll know when you're there because it's really hard to prune past that point. Mm-hmm. But above that, it's just this new foliage. So you want to prune it back all the way to about knee high, and then you want to fertilize it. Um, usually February, March, somewhere in there, uh, you'll fertilize that, and you'll have fresh new growth coming out of that starting in March, really. So you, so it's a little bit early, but if you're out there pruning, you want to go all in and prune the whole thing back. And it might be the first part of your pruning back of, you know, you're going to prune fruit trees, just your perennials will be mowed back. Uh, you could start with pampas grass easily, and it will get rid of that tumbled, disorganized, I was beat up by the last storm <laughs> mess. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Next question is from Laura. She read your article on pruning back perennials, ones you can yeah. prune back now. Yeah. And her question was on autumn sage. She had always heard to wait until February or so. So she wants to know, can she do it now or should she wait? She should wait. That one. So I mentioned like 20 perennials mm-hmm. in that article. Now, which ones are best pruned back now in mm-hmm. the fall and early, early winter? And which ones are best to wait until late winter, early spring? Ah. Sage, I did not mention to prune back. So she's reading it. She's going, yeah, but but what about this one? Yeah. If I didn't mention it in that column, wait. So pretty much that's how it was. So uh, there's a benefit to to autumn sage or salvia gregii is the name, is the botanical mm-hmm. on that. Um, that one can be borderline, depending on the elevation where you're at. It grows throughout all regions here in, in northern Arizona. But if you're on that higher ridge lines, the Groom Creeks, the, 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 the Williams, the Highland Pines, the, those areas, I would definitely wait. That foliage, the spent foliage that's, that's up there, leaves will settle down inside those, those branches. Snow, when it does snow, will settle down in there, and it will actually insulate the heart of that plant. Mm-hmm. And so it, it will go through a colder winter if you'll wait to prune that back. So get through the coldest of the winter, which is get at least past January. Uh, what I recommend is prune back salvia gregii, those, those, the, the temperate, more borderline perennials, wait until March. Okay. Roses, wait till March. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, you can't hurt by waiting till March. Uh, but you can hurt them by getting too early. So salvia is one of those. Most things, though, it doesn't matter. Your sages, you can't kill a sage. Not in northern, not in Arizona, at least. Uh, mums, I've noticed that the we had some huge mums. The mm-hmm. snow separated them, and you'll see down below yeah, the new, new growth. growth is already starting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only it's December. Yeah, it's are you already see new growth coming out, mm-hmm. and so it's okay to prune back and expose that mum to. To sun, you'll get a bigger, greener, faster-growing sedums. Prune them back now. Go for it. So anyway, okay. did I cover all that? I think so. Yeah, okay. Do we still have time for another question? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. 
because I can't see the clock. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, David wants to know if he can put down the uh, weed pre-emergent now because he's going to be traveling a lot in January, February. Yeah. He wants to know, can I put it down now or is it just too early? Oh, no, absolutely. Put it down whenever you want. Uh, ideally, we'll I'll, I'll be announcing, having articles out saying, put it down after the new year. Mm-hmm. He's only two two weeks away. I mean, we're we're there. It's almost the end of the new year. So end of the year. So go for, absolutely go for it. It can't hurt. It can only help. In fact, it's so moist and the weather just got so nice. I'll mm-hmm. bet the foxtail, which is the most insidious of all the winter weeds, will start coming up right away. It, it foxtail only comes back by seed. It never comes back from the root. So if you put down a weeding grass preventer you won't have foxtail. So absolutely put that down before you leave. You know, I would say fertilize, especially your evergreens, before you leave. You're not back until March or so. Do it both at the same time. Absolutely go for it. Don't worry about It's less about timing, mm-hmm. this gardening thing. It's more about consistency. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between a good gardener and a haphazard <laughs> oh i've forgotten where am i at i'm just going to wing it all the time you never really learn gardening because you don't do anything the same every time so he knows good put down uh, yeah. a pre-emergence now and you'll have less dandelions less whorehound less uh, foxtail all those nasty early spring oh, i weeds. hate whorehound that's, the, that's worst. Like the nastiest thing and it's so hard to get rid of and the little birds get caught in the dogs. That's right. Well, okay, great questions this week. So Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners, we will be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for fall planting. This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing at the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. But the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves her garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she can pick out exactly what she was hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Also at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. One thing to watch with your inside houseplants. Anything grown indoors. Except maybe cacti, succulents, but most of your regular houseplants, pothos, um, dracaenas, palms, these plants that are normal tropical plants indoors, what you'll find is since it has turned cold, I mean, it was cold you know, last week, now it's warmer this week, but that furnace is cycling more often. 
And what happens with your furnace, that heat source, whether it's a furnace, wall heaters, a pellet stove, whatever it is, uh, it dries the air out inside. It just sucks all of the moisture out of the air. And what you'll find is you'll need to water a little more often. Now, don't go crazy with it, but during the peak of the growing season, your your windows are open, it's bright, you're just outdoors, you're hiking around. All the, I mean, it just feels good. It's spring, it's summer, it's fall in the mountains of Arizona. But right now in the winter, that furnace is, is cranked up and it, it is really cycling more often. You're using more pellet, more fuel, more however you're heating your house. It takes that moisture out of the air and just your your plants will use more moisture, more water. You'll have to water a little more often than you're used to, let's say, during the growing season, um, April, May, June. Then you're watering maybe every two, three weeks. It's really sporadic. Now, you might be watering at least every two weeks, if not more, every week. Monitor it. This is where a moisture sensor is really valuable. There's little tools. They're very inexpensive, 10 15 bucks 15 for a good one. Uh, you put it in the soil, and it'll actually give you a reading of how moist that soil is. Well, in this transition time, when the furnace is cycling more often, this is when you really want to use those tools. And then again on the backside, when spring starts to hit, you get that first daffodil starting to bloom. The forsythia are, are covered in yellow flowers, and things are starting to to grow. You're starting to, that furnace is not going as often because it's just warmer, longer through the day. The days are longer. That's when you want to use a moisture meter going, oh, I need to throttle back now. I need to water a little less. So the plants are telling me I don't need to water that often. Uh, I've got a huge cactus. Stands from floor to ceiling. It's magnificent. That one I'm still only going to water once a month. It's just, it's a great one. ZZ plants. Uh, That's probably the most robust of all of the houseplants. It's beautiful, dark green foliage. The, the actual branches are filled with water. The leaves are thicker, more supple. They are filled with water. It's got a waxy coating. It just is super efficient type of houseplant. Maybe you don't have to water them more often. But most things, your philodendrons, your uh, pothos, uh, mother-in-law's tongue or snake plant, uh, all of these others you do definitely. Your holiday plants poinsettias, even Christmas cactus. You're probably, if it's in bloom, if something is in flower, it re, it uses more moisture. So this goes out in the yard too. If, if a plant is green, it's going to use less moisture, needs less hydration, less irrigation. Then when the plant is in bloom, it's going to double the amount of, of irrigation you have to do. Not, not the quantity, but the frequency at which you water things. So a poinsettia, you're probably watering that once a week. And then be careful because it's wrapped in that cellophane typically or, or aluminum foil. It's got some sort of pretty holiday uh, wrapping. And so the water won't go through the roots and then out onto your table and stain your table, uh, ruin your furniture. So if you water that, it's best to take that out of that holiday package and put it in a sink and, and water that with warm Water. Actually, all houseplants prefer being watered with warm water, not hot, not cold. These are tropical plants. Just think like 
I'm going down to Cancun. I'm going to go. I'm going off to Costa Rica. Uh, what's the water? What's the water temperature down there where these tropical houseplants come from? If you can use that same temperature of water for your plants, uh, at least in the house, not so much outside, but inside, definitely. That also goes for your cut Christmas trees. If you're one of those that are a traditionalist, you still love the fragrance and the majesty and that natural look of a cut Christmas tree in your in your house. It's it will take up faster, more water with warm water rather than cold tap water. And so this is important. So you want to keep that tree as fresh as possible for as long as possible. So it doesn't become a a fire hazard. So it doesn't drop needles all over your house. But warm water is the secret. And then with your house plants, check them a little more often for when are they drying out? You can lift them up and feel by weight going, oh, that thing's really light. Oh my goodness, it, it's dry. Um, or if, for, if it's a true gardener and they don't have a, a moisture meter, that's a great stocking stuff for gift. You know, 10 bucks, 15, I don't, I don't know how much they are, but they're, they're under 20 bucks. Very inexpensive. You know, we've got hundreds of them here at the garden center. Here. I heard this is this really helps your garden it's indoors or with your container gardens, and it does. It really is a game changer for learning when to water and how often your house plants or your container plants outdoors during the spring season. We'll be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Center showcasing this week's Plant of the Week and my fresh-cut Nordman fir. With five different varieties from pine to fir, I assure you not all cut trees are created equal. Nordmans are related to our native fir. The soft green needles adorn dark green branches that defy gravity, even with heavy ornaments, and stays fresh. A big tree is just $89 and only grown here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love super fresh Christmas trees love to shop. New to the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring? A castle surrounded by rock is just so bland, but we can help. At Waters, we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes with something fresh, new, and evergreen. Plus, we deliver and plant for you. Designer plants with the experts to help you beautify your new abode. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week. We just share her garden tips. What what has she seen in the in the landscape? What's her interpretation? How does she bring out color and fragrance uh, in, in the yard? And so, Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. This is our exciting week. The kids, some of the kids, are coming home. So <laughs> one. Okay, well, hey, it starts now. The next week will be more. So our, one of our, yeah. our youngest, our very, our baby. By she's one minute. Five minutes. It's five minute difference. Five minutes. She's a twin. She's the youngest of the two twins, Megan and Mackenzie, mm-hmm. the M&M girls. So Mackenzie's coming home from grad school. So yes. she'll be home for through through the end of the year, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, fifth or sixth, she's going back. Going back for her last semester, and then she'll be done. 
of grad school. Do you grad ever, if you, she's going into uh, counseling, family. Oh, I think things. you ever quit she, learning. Yeah. You're always, I mean, you're always going to symposiums. And sure. Up in your game because it's always changing. Mm-hmm. So, but she sees uh, counseling at a high school. Yeah. And loving it. Yeah. She, she's she been is. counseling kids, high school kids and their families. So she's mm-hmm. getting her, her hours up so she can get her, her certification or License or whatever that's called. License, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Got to get your terms right, honey. That's right. No, I don't. She does. It's not my job. It's hers. I'm just paying for it. (laughs) We're almost done paying for it. Please buy more Christmas trees. We have more graduate school payments to make. (laughs) No, but yeah, it'll be fun to have her home. And then uh, our son and his wife and three grandkids will be coming home for Christmas. And our daughter, Meg. So it'll it'll be be fun. So it's all good. And then we, the whole family, not the whole family. A lot, much of the family are going mm-hmm. to be uh, traveling to Key West. Uh, my brother yeah. got us a couple nice places in Key West, and all we had to do is buy a plane ticket. That'll be different. It will be. I don't know. I mean, we'll be here for Christmas, and then yeah. we're leaving after. So, but yeah, it'll be warm. It'll be warm. I'm taking it better a, be warm. I'm taking two swim trunks, <laughs> not just one. So that'll be great. It's seventy degrees, sixty-five degree water, or something. I mean. Uh-huh. That's warmer than Lake Powell in the well, summer. Oh, by golly, thing, so. anything's warmer than Lake Powell. Yeah, so that's perfect. Yeah. So anyway, this segment's about you. Me, but I have of- a question for you before. Okay. So um, last week you talked about the Shriners and you were yeah. collecting toys. Oh, yeah. Is that still going on? Are people still able to uh, bring a gift for yeah. the Shriners? So, we, we, so Shriners, the Shriners Hospitals, so they, they specialize in children's hospitals. And so the Shrine Clubs all over the country, North America, uh, look for kids to send to their 22 hospitals. And so this is the first time they've been in Prescott at, with a toy drive. I said, mm-hmm. hey, come on down. Yeah, we would love to help you with that. That's, that's dear and near and dear to our hearts. Kids are, are near and dear. Uh, and kids that are stuck in hospitals, what a great thing. Mm-hmm. You gathered toys. We gathered over 100 toys. It was, a, it was a big deal. They were super excited last weekend. And I told them we would keep the boxes out until the 18th. They're coming to okay. pick the toy boxes up. And probably another 30 or 40 people have come mm-hmm. in. The, there's a half a toy box filled with toys. Oh, yeah. It's a big box. Right now. That's a huge <laughs> box, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll go until next. Okay. Really bring it in by Tuesday. We're open yeah. 9 to 5. Uh, just drop it in. Mm-hmm. New toys or new Unwrapped. art supplies or new backpacks or new schools, something like that. Uh, uh, stuffed animals with their tags on, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. They want new. Don't right. wrap it. They want to do that. They want to see what it is mm-hmm. and try to curate. Get it to the kid. right kid. Yeah. Right. Kids ages uh, 8 to 18. Mm-hmm. Toys, please bring them by. And they are just they are just delighted. Like they are just so stunned that Prescott was, and the tri. It's not just Prescott. People right. coming from all over the county mm-hmm. were so generous. So thank yeah. you all for for supporting that. It's fun. I actually went shopping. I yeah. rarely go shopping. I'm not a shopper. I thought, what the heck? I'll go shopping. So I went to one of the local stores and bought toy. It was yeah. fun. I had yeah. a very good time doing that. Yeah. If you if you can't find a toy, or, or we're asking folks if they want to donate, they don't have a toy. Oh, going, true. They just donate money. Mm-hmm. And then we go out and buy the toy for you. So we've, right. we've added, we've bought, I don't know, it's been over a hundred bucks worth of mm-hmm. people just donating a 20 here, 10 there, five there. Uh, yeah. And then we go out and just buy toys. It all adds fill up. Fill the box up. Yeah, definitely fun. Thanks, folks. 
Yeah. So today, so we're all getting ready. We've had our Christmas parties. A lot of us, we've been, we have a couple more to go to, but it's yeah. always fun. But we're also thinking about our Christmas dinners and what we're going to cook. Oh, you're making I'm my co- mouth water. I that sounds, sounds good. So I didn't do Thanksgiving this year, but I'm doing Christmas. So we were discussing our menu, what we wanted to have, and it made me think of the herbs. So when we do our Christmas cooking, it's terrific it to is. have those fresh herbs. Yep. And I think a lot of people don't realize you can have those herbs year round, oh, and yeah. you can even have them outdoors a lot of time year round. So I thought I would hit on a few herbs that we have right now. And yes, you could grow them inside in a nice, bright, sunny window. And some of them are tough enough. You can put them outside now in a pretty little pot by your front door or a nice sunny spot in your yard. And you can harvest from them for your Christmas dinner. Yeah. Could you buy them from the garden center, harvest them, and they'll go plant the remains and have it come back? (laughs) Probably so. You probably could. Yeah. And if you think about, I mean, when you go buy fresh herbs in the store, the grocery stores, um, they're expensive for these little packages. So why not get something you can put out in your yard and always have? Yeah. So definitely the the queen of all the herbs, I think, is rosemary. Yeah. And that one is tough as nails, and it does so wonderfully here. And it likes those hot, dry, sunny spots in your yard if you want to put it outside. But definitely rosemary is a good one. It's evergreen. Just really super one for here. Bloom, blooms mm-hmm. t- two, three times a year with that beautiful yeah. lavender, sweet-smelling mm-hmm. uh, Lavender? Flower. Rosemary. La- well, lavender flower or whatever that oh, color. Oh, purple flower. Okay. Periwinkle <laughs> flower color. You're mixing your herbs, yeah, sorry. Darn. <laughs> yeah. But it's really a good one. We like to use that a lot when we're um, rotisserieing. We put pan a pan of water underneath with herbs in it, and rosemary is definitely one of those. Sage is another one that is terrific, and we all use sage in our dressings and all those kinds of things. And, and the thing I like about sage is there's purple, there's green, and there's a tricolor one, which I find really pretty. Yeah. Now, don't ask me about cooking. I think you can use them all for cooking. In my you opinion, can. you can use them all for yeah. cooking. I'm sure there's some chefs that would say no. The traditional one is that blue-green foliage. Mm-hmm. That's more traditional, but yeah. um, and it blends in with the food better than a, than a variegated variety, but they I all taste the same. I don't know about that, but okay, we'll see. Chives, of course. Chives you're always using. Um, easy to cut and, and uh, the plant keeps growing. We have one that I have not tried called Winter Savory. Oh, and really? I have never tried that or grown it. Um, it said it, you can use it in, um, in place of salt and pepper. Chive, so you, it's a chive, though. No. Oh. It's a winter savory. It's an herb. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's, I had, didn't taste the flavor I showed up while I was out there, but it's very good with meats um, and that type of thing, but you can use it as a substitute. I could, the basil died off that last storm. Mm-hmm. I could, I've got an open spot in the herb garden. I could yeah. easily take one home, plug it in there, we should and try see it. how it does. It's, yeah. I'm sure. It says Definitely. winter savory. I'll bet it either tastes better in winter or it goes in winter. <laughs> I don't know. But it's worth a try. It's fun. worth trying. Salt and pepper, really? Yeah. So I think we should try it. Get rid of your salt for you. Oregano, of course, oregano, and you can grow, there's what, three different, there's regular oregano, Greek oregano, and Oh, there's more uh, than that, there's six or seven, oregano. it's yeah. probably have a dozen varieties, but mm-hmm. right now we're down right. to three or four varieties. About three yeah. varieties out yeah. there, but an- another one that's a nice evergreen, you got to watch it a little bit, it could take over the world if you didn't keep it somewhat contained. Uh, 
kind of the same thing with mint. Now is a great time to be putting in mints. They're good. And parsley, of course, because you always need parsley. Parsley's great. I love to go out and just pick. I mean, it's it's still green. Mm-hmm. Going out and picking parsley and just eating it fresh. I mean, it's just something delicious about it. You don't do that with mint. You don't do the oregano. Oh, really? Parsley, I kind of do it with mint. I you? like to go chew on I a piece. your breath smells so good all the time. <laughs> but mint doesn't stay green all the time. It, it has this depends on where it's spike. at. Yeah, yeah, it depends on where it's at. But parsley's a little more consistent with True. that. So True. lots of... of Herbs that can be used winter, spring, summer, or fall. But these are the varieties we have in stock right now that you could plant, put in a container mm-hmm. out front or in your herb gardens, or and, and it would continue to thrive. Yeah. Or, or inside. Yeah, very good. Great ideas, Lisa. Thanks so much. So Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back with more after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Okay, maybe after decades of the same fruitcake exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition. A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season. When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment. Or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree that grows with your family. From Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now here at Waters Garden Center, our, 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 it's our 57th year to be in business. So second generation, generation garden center. It was the very first garden center in northern Arizona. Outside of Phoenix, it was the first one. So my father-in-law, Harold Waters, thus the name. That's how Ken and Lisa Lane come to own Waters Garden Center. Harold Waters was Lisa's father, so my father-in-law. So that's kind of a little bit of history. But we've got uh, two planting crews that go out every day, well, five days a week, and just roam around the the county here in Yavapai County, and they go plant trees. And they were putting a lot of evergreen spruce. They were just loading a 10-foot spruce tree. They're going to go plant it out in someone's yard. Uh, It had to be all of three, 400 pounds. This thing was a monster. Oh my gosh. How they got it on the truck. I don't know. It was big. Uh, I thought it would cover how to plant those. If you're going to plant it yourself, first of all, don't plant a 10 foot spruce tree by yourself. Have your nursery do it for you. It's worth every dime. I think it costs, I don't know, this is like a $600 tree. Costs an extra 124 bucks to go plant this thing. It's worth every dime. Includes all the mulch, all the food, steaks, steak drivers, jackhammers, 
Uh, we even put root and grow, this root transplant shock stuff in there. It's, it's all inclusive. And the guys are more often than not bringing back more rocks and, and nasty material, caliche chunks. And they throw it in our dumpster and then we get rid of it. So we're replacing, we're making a nice growing planting medium for this plant to take and start, start growing into your surrounding landscape. Well, there, here's, here's some things that we've learned over the decades of what really makes for a successful planting. And this is any time of the year, but especially now, uh, you'll notice it's been kind of challenging this last couple of weeks. That storm made, just made the ground really soggy. So we're getting some real, some holes were filling up with water. So here's what we're doing to compensate, to ensure that those plants thrive. Uh, so, and, and here's the basic gist of it. You're going to need three things. Four, if you're planting trees, you've got to have some mulch. You have to fertilize because your, your soil has no nutrients whatsoever. And you need to, to stimulate it with a root and grow. You've got to get some, encourage them to start rooting. That ground is not frozen. It's warm enough for those plants to still send off root hairs. So you're seeing some of your plants in the yard right now. If you walk around, especially the deciduous ones, those that lose their leaves, you'll see they've got leaf buds and flower buds up and down the stems. Well, they continue doing that under the ground as well. You want to encourage that at ground level especially. And then if it's a tree, uh, I'd say an evergreen tree over three feet tall or taller, uh, maybe not large deciduous trees, but you need to stake them. If in doubt, put a couple stakes on. But here's why we do, here's the size hole, here's what you need. You, kind of detail, might want to pull out some pen and paper right now, but but here's what you do. Look at the root ball of that plant, and you want to, the, the, the planting depth is going to be the same depth as that root ball. If it's a really large 10-foot tree, it might have a two, three, two and a half foot uh, tall root ball. So the whole depth you're going to dig is about the same depth as that root ball. So big, big spruce tree, it'd be you know, two feet deep, maybe more. If it's a little one-gallon thing, it's only got a 10-inch root ball, maybe it's 10 inches deep. You only want to go as deep as the root, no deeper. Uh, and then you want to go wide. The secret to mountain planting is a wide planting hole. And it's so much easier to dig a wide hole than a deep hole. So you're going three times the width. So here in the mountains, there is no water, no moisture. There's no food. There's just there's just more rocks and caliche and nasty stuff to go as you go deeper. But sideways, plants are used to picking up the moisture. When it does rain or when it does snow, it picks that moisture up. The nutrients start coming down from uh, from the from the natural rain, from your fertilization, it comes from at the at the at the soil level, not deep. That's a myth. That's a it's just a total wives' tale. There is no taproot that goes straight down to the water table. The water table is a thousand feet down. It's not going to go down there. It's only going to go about even even very mature natives. They might have a three foot deep root ball, but it goes out as wide as the canopy. So you can find a huge cottonwood. It's got a taproot three feet down, but it's got roots that run you know, 100 feet out. A big native juniper. It's got a root ball that's three feet down and maybe 20, 30 feet round. 
If you know that's how plants grow in our native soil, encourage that. And so the same depth and three times the width. Now, you're going to dig out some nasty stuff sometimes. You're digging out big big chunks of rocks and old roots. Your contractor buried some stuff down the yard. You never know what you're going to pull out. We pulled out some bricks out of one planting uh, this week. Get all Anything bigger than a golf ball needs to be screened or screeded. Screen that out. Thin that out. And so hopefully that will, that will open up some availability for some organic. You need some organic natural material to go back in some compost, not manure. That's too hot. But some natural compost screened down real fine. You want to blend that with what's left with your native soil so it keeps that native soil from compacting right back down. It encourages worm growth, some mycorrhizal colonies. It's a lot of benefit with, with organics being added to your soil. You want about 25% or one shovel's compost for three shovels of, of native soil. So 75% native soil, 25% compost. Blend that together and then plant your plant, backfill around that root ball. Whatever you do, don't let that root ball be below soil level. We don't have the, don't plant it in a divot. You want to be at or above soil level. For these holes, these communities have really hard soil and water was just filling up the hole we had dug. We're actually planting. We're leaving two, three inches of the root out of the ground. And then we'll mound that soil mixture, that, that native soil and mulch mixture around. And, and we don't leave it exposed, but we, we plant this plant on a slight mound. Then we'll put the irrigation or put that irrigation moat around that. That's a real secret to health, to vitality, for longevity, for plants here in the mountains of Arizona. When we're all done, we'll put some all-purpose plant food, some 744 all-purpose food around the top, and then we water it in with a mixture of root and grow. It's, it's something we make here at the garden center. It's basically steeped compost tea, basically. It's a composted tea. It uh, enriches the soil, hydrates it, allows the moisture to, to wick back and forth through the different layers. Um, it stimulates new root growth. There's a lot of pluses with that. It activates when we, we put the fruit food down first, then we pour on a usually about two-gallon watering can full of, of root and grow. It activates uh, the, the compost that's in there. It's a, it just really makes the plant happy where it's at. If it's a larger tree, we'll stake it. We take lodge poles especially if it's a larger evergreen, something like that. It's got to be big. It's got to be a two-inch lodgepole, about a foot either side of the root ball. We'll, tie, we'll pound these things in and then tie once from the, from the stakes to the trunk. If it's a really tall guy, you know, eight, nine, ten-footer, we'll, we'll tie twice. You don't want to have it rigid. You, don't, you, want, you want that branch. You want the trunks. You want everything to move. You just don't want it to succumb to or bend over because of a heavy snow load or lay down because of a heavy windstorm. You want it to be able to work those muscles, to become stronger, to stay up by itself. But for the first year, usually it's just 12 months, uh, we'll keep those stakes on. After that, after the next spring's growth, we'll have another ring of, of wood that has formed, thicker bark, more roots, and usually that plant can go by itself. A big mistake I find many folks make, they've been in their house three, four, five years, and those stakes are still on. The tree is holding the stakes up, not vice versa. Sometimes you'll see the stakes broken. They're just laying against the tree. It, you know, if it's been in for over two years, for sure, 
you can take those stakes off, just break them off, cut the ties or the or the twine that's there, and take them off. They can go by themselves, and that's how you plant a mountain hardy plant. We've got a handout here at the garden center. They're free. Just ask for one. It tells you how big. It tells your measurements, how much mulch, how much food, how much. It gives you all the details in a checklist. It's with with diagrams. It's eight and a half by eleven. Free. We want people to be better planters and more success here in the mountains. Just ask for it. It's free. More tips, tricks, and garden advice after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Waters with this week's Plant of the Week, our true blue Fat Albert Spruce. At just 15 feet, this is the ideal evergreen for small gardens, excellent in front yards with limited space. The color is so blue all year long with the perfect evergreen shape and just $74. Dense, durable, and loves the sun, so it works well as a windbreak, screen, or sound barrier, and only found at... Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, for people who love the perfect blue spruce, love to shop. The Grinch went to Waters and couldn't believe his eyes. There were cut trees in every shape and size. He could take one home and then toss it after the season. Good! And then he saw living Christmas trees that grow and grow. So it seemed a good reason. A beautiful living tree and have Waters plant it because of his bad knees. Have the merriest of Christmas from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So for those of you that are new to the mountains, this is pretty common for us. So to have a storm and then be really nice, this freeze and then thaw. A storm system, and then beautiful days. We always dress in layers because it'll be cold in the morning and just stunning, and just beautiful weather in the afternoon with a couple storms here or there. This is just, this is normal for us. Uh, so your plants, that can mess with certain varieties of plants. That's why citrus does not grow up here. Avocados do not grow. Palm trees don't grow up in the mountains, any elevation. And so, because they just can't deal with that, that temperature swing back and forth if it could just stay at the daytime temperature there'd be no problem so you need plants you're planting plants that can take that so that's why maples do so well aspens do exceptionally well that's why spruce and pine and fir and ponderosas and uh, your your hollies they like that your silverberries eleagnus red tip photinias it's a whole series of plants you can put in right now and they would like it they're okay with it and so you are okay to plant. This is, this is hard for you Midwest folks. You're used to the ground froze, eight-foot frost line, and you couldn't take a jackhammer to that thing and open it up. There is no planting here. The, the ground, it never froze. It's beautiful. I mean, just the fact uh, the shovel goes through the soil like butter. I mean, it's just so easy to plant now. Uh, so if you do plant now it's okay it limits what you can plant though so right now we've got all the winter evergreens there we've got enough to get through winter so contractors are coming in the hollies the ewes the the eleagnus photinias all, all the fruit trees uh, shade trees lots of perennials 
We have all those things, the herbs. We've got those that can be planted now. I don't have a lot of spring things yet. Don't have one peony. I've got the order coming. I know what colors are coming, but they won't be here until February. So we'll bring those in before they wake up, before they emerge from the ground. We'll bring those in and we'll know what colors and varieties and styles. So from English uh, peonies to to David Austin's, to, not David Austin's, to uh, Ito peonies, that fancy, really fancy uh, type of peony. Uh, so there's seasonality to the plants. Right now you're in that winter mix of seasonality. You can put those in right now. And you'll use that same planting advice I, I gave you just a minute ago. Ask for the planting guide or, or have your garden center do it for you. So as long as that ground doesn't freeze or you can't get a shovel through it, you're good to go. And the plants will actually root for you. So if you're in that new yard, new house, you just moved in and you want, it just looks pretty sterile, lots of mud. Uh, you can You can start with a few things. Probably you don't want to commit all of your landscaping to just the winter evergreens. Unless you're from Alaska or the cold country, and this is your winter home, then you do want your entire landscape to be nothing but winter evergreen, great looking stuff. But if you if you live here year round, you kind of want some spring bloomers and some uh, summer roses, Sharon's and summer crepe myrtles, and your fall colors important. You want those maples, uh, so you got this mixture. Right now, it's mainly going to be winter evergreens. We do have quite a few trees, uh, shade trees, maples, locusts, ash, those kinds of things. So that's how you do that. So I do need need to give an update. People have been coming to the garden center, Waters Garden Center, and and going, what's going on? We are deep in construction, so we're remodeling. Uh, The shrubs are just on a tear. They were up, I think, 20% increases in, in shrubs. We need more space. We're creating more display beds to be able to show off more shrubs in the peak of the season. Uh, We have to have more room for tomatoes, non-GMO herbs. Uh, That department is growing too fast. So it's double digit increase plus. We're we're adding space for that. And this is our time to get those jobs done. So thank you for noticing. That's what's going on. We're going to be here for another 50, for our 58th season. Uh, but uh, it's kind of exciting to see all the new things happening, getting ready for spring 2020. That's it for, for this week. Ken and Lisa Lane, we camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love saying Merry Christmas to friends all day long. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves her garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she can pick out exactly what she was hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Also at watersgardencenter.com. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. 
Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.